What is up, guys? My name is Victor. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Bringing Grace to the Nation's podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. I'm excited for a lot of things, but really, I'm excited for this episode. And I'm also excited I get to fly out to New York City tomorrow and spend the weekend there with some fellow church members and church leaders. And so I'm super excited about that. And so I'm just, I'm prepping to go. I haven't even packed yet, but I'm recording this podcast because I have my priorities straight. I, uh, this has been a theme, I think, in, in, in at least in my life over the past few weeks, months, uh, probably, probably just weeks really, but it's been something that has been consistently coming up in conversation. Uh, JD actually preached on it uh, a while ago, uh, actually like two weeks ago, and it, it came up there. Um, it came up in some of my le- leadership conferences. And uh, so, yeah, it's just been, it's just, it's just been, I don't know. It's just been a theme that's that's been in my life. And so uh, today I want to talk about the will of God. And I, uh, I am working on this like idea of not overcomplicating or over spiritualizing things. And uh, that's a good concept. That's a good idea. There, there's all good things about that. But with those things come come dangers when, when you talk about that. It, like when you say don't over spiritualize something, then, you know, something that's spiritual, you, you fall into the danger of not taking it spiritually. And so, um, this is a very spiritual topic. And so I don't want to oversimplify it to the point uh, of confusion or to the point of, man, why isn't he taking this topic seriously? I don't want to simplify it to where it becomes mundane, but I also don't want to overcomplicate something that scripture doesn't seem to spend a whole lot of time on, uh, in terms of defining what the will of God is. And so I want to just talk about five things today um, that will help us determine what the will of God is in our life. And I think we need to start with how is the will of God talked about in scripture? And this is huge. Like this is, this is, this is massive. The will of God is always assumed in a Christian's life. Now, what does that mean? When when the will of God in Scripture is discussed, it is always assumed that whoever's being talked about knows that will. Like it, it, it's almost kind of like the fruit of the Spirit. Like you've become a Christian, you've been regenerated, you've been filled with the Spirit, you're ready to go. God has done some awesome stuff in your heart, and then and then you begin to just naturally bear fruit, almost as a byproduct. It is a byproduct of your salvation. Well, the Bible treats the will of God similarly in that when the Bible discusses the will of God, it is assumed that the believer is already is al- already knows the will of God for for them. And now we could spend time and talk about the different types of, of the will of God. We could talk about the knowable and the unknowable. Um, when I am talking about the will of God, I am talking about what Christians tend to apply to their life. What is the will of God for my life? Now, the will of God overall is unknowable, unsearchable, and he's given us a glimpse of that will in his Bible or in his word, in his gospel. And and we can see, and he's given us just the blessing of being able to see that will. And and he's also placed a, a will for us on our lives. And uh, we we see in scripture th- this everywhere. 
um, especially in the book of Acts, right? And we see that God is calling people to do things. He's calling people to mission. He's calling people to travel. He's calling people to serve in prison uh, when, when they're persecuted. He's calling people to persecution, right? Saying that you when you encounter persecution, right? And so we see this will of God kind of discussed in the Bible, uh, but it's, it's, it's a tricky topic because it, 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 it might look different for every person it should and does look different for every person in the world and so you know your your call god may be calling you to go overseas and his will is for you to go to seminary and prepare to be a missionary to be sent out by the international mission board and serve in afghanistan for the next 10 years like that might be god's will for you but my God's will for me looks significantly different. Um, he, it looks, God's not calling me overseas to be a missionary as of right now. Right. But he has called me to a church and he's called me to students and to love and to disciple these students to be disciple making disciples. And so what, what he's calling me into in my season of life currently is different than what he's calling you into in your season of life. And so how do we know when we reach this fork in the road, what God's will is? And I want to talk about five things. These are like prerequisites to knowing God's will, if, if that makes sense. These five things need to be true about you for you to be able to discern God's will. And the first thing is, it might seem really stupid for me to say this. It might seem really simple for me to say this, but it's true. And it's a question that we need to ask. Are you saved? It is impossible for you to discern the will of God in your life. If you don't know God personally, if you haven't been transformed by the power of his gospel, uh, Dr. Quarles, my New Testament professor, said it said it so eloquently. He said, um, oh, he said, the grace of God isn't just freedom. It's transformation. Right. And so have you been transformed by the power of the gospel? Are you saved? Because if you're not a believer, if you don't know God, then there is absolutely no way that you could or would be able to discern any type of will that he may have for you in your life. Uh, in fact, uh, God's will for you would be to, to be saved and to be transformed by the gospel. That's what he desires and that's what he wants. But um, but yeah, there's no way that that we could discern the will of God if we are not saved. So that's the first question. We have to be saved. So the second question is, are you spirit filled? Now, this is a very interesting um, kind of point in, in the conversation. And I don't want to get too, too theological with this, but I do think that it is, it, we should take some time and, and mention this. And so um, being saved does not equate to you being spirit filled. And I think we need to make that quick distinction. In Galatians, we we get a glimpse of, of what it means to, to be spirit filled. Um, let me look it up. Sorry if you can hear my keyboard. So in Galatians 5.16, it says this, So I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of of your flesh. So it is possible to walk apart from the spirit. It is possible to not be filled with the spirit. It is possible not to be overflowing with the spirit. There's another a command. Let me look it up here. 
Um, there's a there's another command that we see. Uh, I believe it's in First Corinthians, but I could be wrong. Where where it, it, God is actually saying that that I I command you to be filled with the Spirit. Now, how do we how how are we filled with the Spirit? Well. It's a it's a position of your heart. It's a posture that that you would be willing to take. Um, there's this quote that says, "If you are not willing to give up everything for a price, are you willing to be made willing?" And I think that's a really interesting. I think that's an, a really interesting kind of point that we should we should look at. Are you willing to be made willing? Because I think naturally, we as sinful people aren't willing to give up everything for something like especially at a cost like we're not we're not willing to do that we are sinful people but are you willing to allow the spirit to make you willing and if if that's the case then you are willing to allow God to work in your heart. And so we know that the scripture tells us that if we pray anything in accordance to the will of God, it will be given to us. We know that being filled with walking by the Spirit is God's will, right? In Galatians 5.16, it talks about walk by the Spirit, and we just read it. So if we know that it's the will of God, and we know that the will of God, anything we pray in accordance to that will will be answered, and we know that we are called by the will of God, to walk by the Spirit, then wouldn't it make sense for us to ask God to allow us to walk in that Spirit, to fill us up? We know that that prayer will be answered every single time without fail. So are you Spirit-filled? Are you walking in any unrepentant sin? Are you uh, consciously going against what God has for you in terms of, in terms of sin, really? Are you pursuing your your worldly passions? Have uh, it, it, it's a scary and difficult thing to wrap your mind around, but you can be saved and not spirit filled. And so, are you spirit filled? Is the second question. The third one is: Are you saturated in His Word? How much time you spend in the Word shows how much you desire the will of God in your life. Here's the point. A lot of Christians, and I am guilty of this too. The only reason I can say this is because I'm guilty of it. The Christians uh, spend so much time trying to figure out what the will of God is in their life, yet so little time studying and diving deep into the scriptures that they really don't care what the will of God is for their life. And if for whatever reason... They figure, like, we figure out what God's will is for our lives. It's something for us to consider and not a command for us to obey. Like, are we saturated in his word? Stop trying to figure out the will of God in your life and start saturating yourself in the word of God. The amount of time you spend in the word shows how much you truly desire the will of God in your life. The Bible is not a map. It is a compass. The third or the fourth question is, are you sanctified? Now, I'm not talking like some John Wesley sanctified crazy stuff. No, no, no. I'm talking about, are you being sanctified? Are you in the process of becoming more like Christ? Is God conforming you to the image of his son? 
Now, I think this is this is something really important. And as you can probably tell, these four and soon to be five when I get to the fifth one play really well together, don't they? Because if you're spirit filled, you're saturated in his word and you're being sanctified. If you're being sanctified, you are spirit filled and you are saturated in his word. If you're saturated in his word, you are spirit filled and you are being sanctified. You see how these these literally fit together like a puzzle. So are you sanctified? Are you being conformed to the image of Jesus? Are sins in your life dying? Are you dying to yourself daily? Are you carrying your cross? These are all all marks of someone being sanctified. And the fifth and final point is are you submissive? Now, this is an interesting point here, but I I really want to spend some, at least a little bit of time kind of breaking this down. If you are not submissive to the will of God in your life, then you, (laughs) then like, why are you even trying to figure it out? Like, it it doesn't make sense. I kind of hit on it earlier. I kind of hit on it earlier. If, if you are submissive, you truly desire the will of God. The will of God isn't just something to consider then. The will of God is something to uh, take hold in your life. The will of God is not something to consider. It's something to, uh, to allow to dictate your life. That means being open to anything and everything. That means being open to packing up your bags and flying to Afghanistan. That means being open to go across your street and share the gospel with your neighbor. Now, uh, so these five things are are marks of someone who is pursuing Christ. These, these are the five things that what we talked about earlier in the podcast that these Christians in the Bible were assumed to know the will of God. These are those five things that mark those Christians' lives. And so if those five things are true about your life, then I am about to drop the will of God on you. You ready? If all of those things are true, then just do what you want. Mind blown. Guys, let's not overcomplicate this. If we are passionately pursuing the feet of Christ... If we are in, if we have been transformed by his spirit, if we are being filled with his spirit, if we are saturated in his word, if we are being sanctified to look more like him and we are willing and able and submissive to go and do whatever he calls us to go and do, then whatever we want, our heart will reflect the heart of Christ. And that is what is assumed in the Bible. That is the will of God that, that is assumed to be known by Paul, by Barnabas, by Peter, by Matthew, by Mark, by John, by John the Baptist, by all these people in the New Testament. If all of those things are true, then just do what you want because what you want will ultimately be a reflection of what Jesus wants. And so pursue godliness and then let the will of God figure itself out as you do that. Pursue godliness and then let the will of God figure itself out as you do that. Now, I want to hit on a few more things before we wrap up here. There are some things in scripture that God wills us to do, commands us to do even, that are non-optional. 
the first example of this is in Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Every Christian is called, regardless of if they like it or not, to make disciples. That is something that every Christian is commanded to be a part of. That is something that every Christian is called into. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all my ways. I will be with you forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Guys, the will of God is to make disciples. So there are some things that God makes very plain to us in Scripture, such as the Great Commission, such as love your neighbor as yourself. Like there are some things that, that are just there, but, but these things that I talked about earlier, the, are you saved? Are you spirit filled? Those things, these are the defining traits of a believer. And if these things mark your life, then the great commission is going to mark it too. If these five things mark your life, then loving your neighbor as yourself is going to mark it too. If all of those are true, then just do what you want to do. Guys, I had a blast recording this episode. I It's been a while since I recorded, to be honest. It's been a few weeks, and so I'm excited to be back. Next week, I will be out of town again, and so hopefully I'll be able to get a podcast to you, but I cannot make any promises yet because I'll only be in town for three days, and I have to work a lot of hours and do school a lot of hours in those three days. So I can't promise anything yet, but I hope to get something out to you next week as well. Guys, I say this every episode, every podcast, you're beautiful and you are one of a kind. Until next time, take care and God bless.